I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the New Testament book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. This is Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 15, where Paul writes, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time, because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God, the Father, at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your holy word and for the privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, this is your church. So I pray this would be your message and not my own. Through the name of Jesus the Christ, amen. I love children. Many of us, when we see a child, there's just something about them that touches our hearts, their little smiles, the little glow in their eyes. They're just absolutely precious. And sometimes we'll see something and we want to know if we can give it to the child and we'll ask the parent, is it okay if they have this? And if the parent says yes, then, then we offer the child something. And after they take it, if the child does not immediately respond with gratitude... Parents will say, what do you say? And then the child will look up at you, and if they're not just so quiet they can't answer at all, they will say, thank you. Thank you. On Sunday morning this past week, I was joining together, getting ready for worship. There was a family came into the church. The little boy in the family, he was dressed to the night. I mean, he looked wonderful. And I said to him, you look sharp today. And he looked up and he smiled a little bit. And then mom looked over and said, what do you say? And he said, thank you. We want to teach gratitude. We want to teach manners. But it has to be more than manners. Our goal is not, here's the word that you say, but here's the attitude behind it. Here's the spirit behind it. When someone blesses you, when someone offers you something, which is a blessing, when someone compliments you, which is a blessing, when we receive something, the response is gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. As I look at this week with Thanksgiving, I, I was reminded that, that everything that we are doing this week is about God having offered us so many blessings, so much grace, so much love, so many things that we have in our lives for which to be grateful. And Thanksgiving is an opportunity to be prompted a little bit with, what do you say? What do you say now? Thank you. But it's not just to be words, not just good manners, but an attitude, a spirit of gratefulness, a spirit of gratitude that, that touches our hearts to where we recognize we are blessed, not entitled, 
but blessed. In Ephesians 5, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he has been challenging them in this chapter to turn away from the pagan ways that they found themselves in and their culture, to turn from being part of the culture and the values and the lifestyle that was all around them, but to be called out as a different people. Remember the word church means to be called out. It's a called out people, a congregation that has been called out to be separate, to be different in the world, but not absorbed by the world. So Paul then says in the scripture, be careful how you live your lives. Be careful and be be wise, not unwise, in how you live your lives because the days are short and the days are evil and you've got to make the most of your time. Not being foolish, but seeking to understand what is God's will in my life. What is God's will for us as a people of God? What is God's will for the church? And Paul cautions, Don't be drunk where you can't participate in what's going on. Don't be filled with wine, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit so you can be engaged, fully and actively engaged in what God is doing in our lives and in our world. Singing psalms and singing hymns. Praise to God, recognizing who we are as the people of God, the blessings that we receive from God, singing songs of praise. And then verse 20, that beautiful verse that pulls it together. Paul says, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. At all times. There are times in our lives when we may not feel so grateful. But Paul says, at all times... And in everything, and then wraps it together because we're Christian, we are the church. He wraps it up with the Christology that says, and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul's teaching us that thanksgiving, the spirit of thanksgiving, that gratitude, that spirit of gratitude in our lives, it's not situational, it's not circumstantial, it's not relative, but rather thanksgiving is who we are. That spirit of gratitude. I mean, many of us have felt like in the last couple of years, it's been hard to be thankful It's been an interesting couple of years. There's been so much that's been happening in our world. This pandemic of COVID has has about driven many of us crazy with, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? We can't do this. We can't do that. Can we worship together? Maybe we can. Maybe we can't. It, it, It has been so aggravating in so many ways. It's hard to even think about Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, I was just talking with some of my brothers and my family about our Thanksgiving plans for our extended family and how are we going to do this and what will the environment be? Can we all gather together in a small house? Should we try to find the church fellowship hall or should we try to see is there another place that we could do this where we can be together but not on top of each other? How do we do it? It's it's a struggle. You might even go, are we even going to do Thanksgiving this year? That's an interesting question. Are we even going to do Thanksgiving this year. 
Now the question, are we going to do Thanksgiving, hopefully is different than are we going to be thankful? Are we going to be thankful? Life can be difficult. But Thanksgiving, one of the beautiful things of Thanksgiving is it reminds us that we're not alone in the midst of our difficulties even. That we are blessed because we have a God who is with us. The 23rd Psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're right here with me. That's something I can be grateful for, that I have a God, regardless of what's going on in my life, who is always with me. In the good times, when it's easy to be thankful, in the hard times, when it's hard to be thankful. I mean, Think about those early Americans, those pilgrims who made the journey to help form this new land and give us the opportunity that so many of us have today and cherish today. In September of 1620, a group of people decided to board a ship called the Mayflower and head out to a new world. 102 people got on the ship and it wasn't a cruise line. They didn't have the activities director. There was no pool with the sliding board and the midnight buffet that they could all gather to. It was a difficult journey, a long, difficult journey. And they sailed for a couple of months or more just to be able to get to a new land. A couple of months or more on the sea without all the benefits that we take for granted. They came ashore and faced then a brutal winter. They had just gone through this long sailing journey to get to the new world, and now it was time to face the winter. And and most of them stayed aboard the ship throughout the winter, trying to seek shelter and refuge there. But so many of them suffered from exposure and disease to the point that when the springtime finally came, Only half of them, only half of the crew and the passengers had survived. Half. That meant that in that journey, they had survived malnutrition. They had been weak. They had suffered illness, disease. And everyone on that ship, with half of them losing their lives, Every one of the survivors had experienced grief. Doesn't sound like a lot to be thankful for. And when they came off the ship, it it didn't mean that now life was wonderful. They had to build shelter, provide a way to survive. What's the food of the land? What can we do? And it was only by God's grace that He sent to them Native Americans who were willing to teach them and help them, who reached out to them in kindness and in grace. Help them learn how to cultivate the land, to have a crop of corn, how to get syrup out of the sap of the trees, how to fish, how to hunt. And so in that fall, in November of 1621, 
when they had their first successful crop of corn and those who had made it all had survived to that point, the governor, Governor William Bradford, proclaimed a feast. We're going to feast. They gathered the corn. They went fishing. They went hunting. They brought things together. They brought their newfound friends from this new world together and they celebrated for three days. And today we consider that to be the first Thanksgiving. Sometimes when I think about are we even going to do Thanksgiving, I'm reminded they could have easily went, this has been horrible. I can't believe we came here. They could have whined like the Hebrew people coming out of Egypt. I wish we'd have just stayed where we were. We could have just been back there, at least back there. But instead, they gather together and they celebrate and give thanks to God for three days. They celebrated that they were alive. They celebrated that they had made it to the new land. Even with all the loss, they now had the opportunity to provide for their families, for future generations, a new world, a new life that we now enjoy. For the pilgrims, Thanksgiving was a choice. It was a spirit. It was an attitude in the midst of hardship because they were about to face a new winter. They had to make sure their homes were ready and they could survive, but they paused. They paused to give thanks to God. Thanksgiving and gratitude was so important to the Apostle Paul. He shared with us in the scripture that we just read, he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In Colossians chapter 3, when Paul's writing the letter to the churches in Colossae, he says in verse 15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And when he writes Philippians, the letter to the church in Philippi, Philippians 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. To be grateful, to recognize no matter what's going on in our world, God is with us, God is blessing us. So what do you say? What do you, what do you say? Thank you. This past week, I had the privilege of 
sharing in a funeral service for one of our precious members in our church. She was one of the most delightful people in our church. Every Sunday she would come out with her best friend and, and she just always had this beautiful smile on her face. She was always so polite, so kind, so loving. She was involved in so many of our ministries, our Sunday school programs, our kings and queens. She loved going on the trips, loved her church. And we only had about 10 weeks from the diagnosis until she died. Such a special, precious woman. And one of her sons is an ordained pastor. And so he came from the West Coast back home to, to be here with his family and, and, and to see his mom before she died and to be with her, to care for her. The whole family was with her when she died. And as we were planning the service together, he said, I, I, just, I just want to speak at the very end. I, I just want to be a member of the family. I, I don't really need to say a lot. I just... At the very end, I'd just like to say a few words. And we shared, you're welcome to do whatever you want to do. This is your mom. And that's all I want to do is just a little at the end. So at the end of the service, he came up and he shared some beautiful thoughts and thanked the congregation for their love and the family and friends for their love and their love for his mom. And then it came time to go to the graveside. We joined together and the family was there. And once we were said, I... I looked at him and I, I just had this feeling. I said, you sure you don't want to do anything? He had originally said at the grave, he just wanted to be there. I said, it's up to you. I just want you to know you can do whatever you want to do. He thought for a moment, beautiful smile come across, came across his face. And he said, I'd like to do the prayer said, perfect, you do the prayer. When we came to that part of the service, I nodded at him. He got up, just had this amazing smile on his face. And he asked the family, he said, can we, can we move out of these little chairs and can we just circle up and hold hands? I, I just want us to be connected. It's been so long where we felt like we could just hold hands with each other. I, I want to be connected. So I took his hand and he joined hands with family and the whole family circled up around and, and then he prayed. It was the most beautiful prayer. It, it was so sincere. He just thanked God from the bottom of his heart. I mean, you could just sense the joy in his heart. He thanked God from the bottom of his heart that he had been blessed, that his brothers and his sister had been blessed to have this precious woman as their mother, to have her as part of their lives to help shape them and lead them to be the Christians and the people that they are today. And he just, from the bottom of his heart, thanked God. And then from the bottom of his heart again, he thanked God for knowing that his mom had been received into the loving arms of God. Because she had told them, I am not afraid to die. I'm a Christian. And he thanked God that she had that kind of peace. And it was one of the most uplifting prayers. It was so sincere and so genuine. And when he finished, I just went, wow, wow. That kind of gratitude, 
to give thanks to a God who so loved his mother, so loved them, grateful for the gift, just a pause. You know, parents try to teach their children when they're blessed by someone or by God, what do you say? Thank you. Now, gratitude is not just for children. It's for all of us. And, and I think sometimes we adults even need a little bit of nudging. What do you say? What do you say? Because we are so blessed. Gratitude, it's, it's becoming, I think, increasingly difficult in an entitlement culture. But we're the church and we're called to recognize it's not entitlement, it's blessing. It's grace. It's sacred. So what do you say? Thank you. Paul says, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we sit down to eat and we pause to say the blessing. One of the things we're doing is we're looking at this table and there's food on the table. What do you say? Thank you, God. Thank you. So as we go through this week and this season, I encourage you to look around and, and see the blessings that you have received, that I've received. And, and, and what do we say? What do you say? Thank you. I mean, we're the church because... God so loved the world that He gave us. He gave you, He gave me, His only begotten Son. What do you say? Thank you, God. Thank you. There is shelter over our heads. Now, it's easy for us to look and go, but I wish it was that shelter. But there are so many people in the world looking at our shelter and going, I wish it was that shelter. We're blessed. What, what do you say? Thank you, God. There's food on our tables. What do you say? There's clothes on our backs. What do you say? There are people who love us. Family friends, the church. So what do you say? What do you say? Thank you, God. And we have a God who not only loves us, but John 3.16 says He so loves us. So what do you say? Will you pray with me? Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being with us when we're celebrating the mountaintops. Thank you even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death for being with us. Thank you, God. And thank you for not giving up on us. 
but for loving us enough to intervene in our world, to intervene in our lives, to come and live among us. Thank you for giving us your only begotten Son so that if we would believe in you, we would not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you, God. Thank you for the promise of your Holy Spirit that you will always be with us. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for our families, for our friends, for our church family, for the shelter over our heads, the food on our table, the clothes on our backs, the things that we often so take for granted. But we are blessed. Thank you, God. Thank you for placing people in our lives who have helped to shape us and mold us, to teach us of who you are as our God. Thank you, God. As we go through this week, help us not to have it just be a week, but may we always be a grateful people. For you bless us every day. And what do we say? Thank you. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.